0: Hello, everybody. It's Jason and Justin here with another Three Geeks Conversation. We have with us the legendary director of the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes franchise, John DeBello. How are you doing today?
1: I am great. How are you?
0: I am doing good. So it was one of my friend's birthdays a few weeks back. And I was like, if I could interview one person, who would you like me to interview? And he, your name was the came out faster than I got the the question asked. You so, I mean, have an
1: odd friend, but uh, that's good.
2: I'm, I'm glad uh, to be here. That's an understatement, but we're glad to have <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> so what got you into filmmaking?
1: You know, as a kid, I was interested in it. Um, Did some, gosh, little 8 millimeter films. That's how old I am. I'm even pre-Super 8 when I was 11 or 12. Mm. And I uh, just sort of kept up with it and... Uh, Sort of backed into the business somehow, but uh, it's it's been good.
0: And you uh, came out with one of the best spoofy franchises, I think, of all time. I just watched uh, Attack today for the first time with George Clooney, and I I think I'll
1: I'm with George. Yes, yes.
0: But I think I laughed through the whole movie. What what is it like making Attack of the Killer Tomatoes?
1: well you know uh the fun thing about killer tomatoes is you can basically do anything you want because there's no rules so as long as you don't do something incredibly stupid and just do stuff that's fun stupid um it's a kick it's actually a lot of fun
0: any cool uh stories from the set
1: oh boy we've had uh we've had a few uh you know in the original attack of the killer tomatoes we accidentally uh crashed a helicopter And uh, got a lot of production value out of that. I think the helicopter uh, cost about as much as the movie. Uh, Fortunately, it was insured. We didn't have to pay for it. But it got us some uh, great pre digital effects. People would look at it and say, How the heck do they do that uh, to this day? And I would say, Well, it's really easy. All you have to do is crash a helicopter. So that was uh, one story. Um, And Oh, let's see what else happened. We were filming one time at a at a major industrial plant, and somebody with a big crane was uh, driving by on the on their property and was watching us instead of the overhead power lines. Oh no! And went right through them and uh, took out the entire plant for about a day, and that probably cost about five times as much as the movie. But uh, again, we weren't on the hook. So, so far, so good. And, and there's probably a lot more uh, stories, but not all that destructive, uh, you know, a lot of them are fun too. What, Did your helicopter insurance rates go up? Uh, we I don't think we ever flew another helicopter. So uh, <laughs> it's an academic question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what's it like being a writer, director, producer, and actor in a movie?
1: Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, Steve Peace, Costa Dillon, and I together wrote Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I directed it. Um, we all had a little role or two or three, or in Costa's case, seven. But in that first Killer Tomato movie, I was left on the on the cutting room floor, unfortunately. I, I, did, I, I did manage to make an appearance in uh, a couple of the sequels, but... Uh, you know, it's fun to write it, and the hard part's directing it, and I still remember we, you know, part four of the trilogy, which was uh, Killer Tomatoes Eat France, which we did a number of years later. I still remember sitting uh, down and writing, uh, actually typing on my Smith Corona typewriter. Again, we're going back into, into prehistory here. Um, and then there's a Ben-Hur style car chase around the Arctic Triumph. And I hit the period on the typewriter and just sort of stared at the page and said, how in the heck are we going to pull that off? And I'll be darned if four months later we weren't driving around the Arctic Triumph doing a Ben Hurst style car chase. So I guess <laughs> if you write it down, it actually happened.
0: <laughs> nice. Why, why was there such a long stretch between the first and second movie?
1: Um, the first one, when it came out, nobody knew what to make of it because it was ahead of its time. It was three years before Airplane, and the whole idea of the non-sequitur comedy that was just flat-out stupid, uh, the distributors didn't know what to make of it. And it actually, it played some wonderful double bills. It played a double bill when it came out with Oliver's story, the sequel to Love Story, True Story. I don't know how anybody could put those two movies together, but they did. But after a couple of years, it started to be understood. And it became a cult film because you either got it or you didn't, and you either really liked it or you just didn't understand it at all. And even the the review that uh, Kevin Thomas did in the LA Times, he said, hopelessly inane. And we said, perfect. And we put it on the one sheet, Kevin Thomas, LA Times. And it was just a little ahead of its time. And then eventually it, it got that, uh, that cult feel and, uh, and generated a sequel.
0: Okay, uh, what? So, Return of the Killer Tomatoes has John Aston in it, and who was a pretty big name still at that time because he had been in The Adams Family. And then you got a very unknown George Clooney. Like, what was it like working with John Aston?
1: John's great. We did three sequels. John was in all of them. He's a class guy. I was a huge fan of The Adams Family, uh, even before The Adams Family. He did a little uh, sitcom. Um, with Marty Ingalls called I'm Dickens, He's Fenster. I must have been one of nine people in America that watched it. But the first time I met him, I complimented him on that. And his eyes lit up. And John's got great eyes when they light up. And I always love the Adams family. And he just is a wonderful guy and a great scenery chewer. And we just said, have some fun with this thing, you know? And and he did. He was just, uh, just great to work with. And yeah, the unknown guy, George was doing facts of life at the time. Okay. And, uh, you know, a successful TV show, but hadn't done any movies yet. So he was great to work with and and uh, very creative and just a, a good guy. And props to George Clooney because of all the actors I've worked with on the set ever since, and there's been a lot of them. He's the one guy that said, can I help move the equipment? Can I help carry mm-hmm. some of the c stands?"
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's before George Clooney was George Clooney. So just a, a real class act of a guy. And I, I have to tell you this quick little story, you'll get a kick out of it. You know, years later, when he did his first Hollywood picture from Dusk Till Dawn,
2: I'm
1: mm. on the West Coast. I turned on the TV in the morning and it was like the CBS morning show with Charles Gibson or somebody saying, you know, and our our next guest is gonna be George Clooney. And I instantly thought, wow, you know, it's like 4 30 in the morning on the West Coast where he's taping this, you know, was pre-recorded live on the East Coast. And he's obviously there ready for this big moment. And and Gibson continues, George Clooney, star of Return of the Killer Tomatoes. We'll be right back. I'm thinking, oh, God. And he comes back and he goes, we got George Clooney here with us. Hey, George, what's it like to star in a Killer Tomato movie? So, <laughs> you know, and here he is trying to, to promote his his first big Hollywood pick. And I said, ah, well, once, once you're in a Killer Tomato movie, uh, you don't shake it it's part of your life for better or for worse <laughs> and catch up on
2: your shirt for sure
0: <laughs> That's absolutely great. I remember the early 90s was Tomato Fever. There's video games, cartoons, two more sequels. Yeah.
1: No, was it there... was it was funny. Yeah, we we did a uh, the animated series actually did very well in it's time slot. It was number 1 rated. And then uh it uh, got kicked aside by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just like everybody else in America, but it had a good run. And uh, yeah, it was funny. We had like a hundred merchandising deals and, um, you know, for a cult movie, it was sort of a strange experience, but it was a lot of fun. And I remember I was shooting some TV commercials up in Sacramento and we were shooting at an elementary school and somebody let the word out that the director of Killer Tomatoes was here. And that's right when the cartoon series was hot. And I was inundated by third graders wanting an autograph. And it was like weird because it was 13 years after the movie. So it was a whole second generation. So today, people who remember it either remember the film when it came out or remember the cartoon show.
2: So so with so many sequels, is it almost, does it is it hard to keep catching the same magic? You know what I mean? Like, is it? Like, oh, this was such a cool thing to do. Like, is it hard to keep doing that over and over again? Is it does it add more stress when you're on sequel four or five? Or you know what I mean? You know
1: what? that's a good question. And you know what's weird? First of all, it never, never got boring to me because I didn't want to make the same movie twice. And with Killer Tomatoes, you can do anything you want. So we sort of just use it as a jumping off point. You know, Mm -hmm. the sequel was sort of a takeoff of like Splash. The first one was a takeoff on 1950s Japanese horror films. The third one just made fun of television. And the fourth one was like a fractured fairy tale where we actually shot it in France and it was just wacky. And for me to spend the time to do it, it was just like, well, let me do something that's fun or different because the public Mm -hmm. wants something a little bit different every time. The hardest part of Killer Tomatoes, and this is so ironic, was... You know, and I, when we did the sequel at New World, um, the studio exec that was in charge of the project, I said, yeah, we've we, you know, we got some couple of great angles. We got this great new actor, George Clooney. We've got this and that and that and this John Astin. And he goes, well, yeah, just don't make it too good because they, they didn't understand what the appeal was. And I thought to myself, I said, this is great. This may be the only time in the history of Hollywood where the studio didn't want you to make it too good. And the problem was the crew guys we would hire would were trying to build their reel, like the directors of photography. It was like, oh, I can make this a great shot. And it was like, no, I don't want it to be a great shot. It's about the (laughs) actors and the stupidity of the comedy. We don't have four hours to light this. It's not gone with the wind. So the great irony of the sequel was (laughs) trying not to make it too good. So what are you going to (laughs) do?
0: Is there... Is there a future for the Attack of Killer Tomatoes franchise? I know that... Well,
1: um, you know, yeah, it's that funny you say know. that. Uh, my partners on the project are deeply devoted to it, and um, you know, uh, maybe there is, um, but the, the thing I, I tell them and everybody else, I say, look, you know, when Killer Tomatoes came out in 77, it had a bit of an edge to it, and, uh, you know, if you looked at it today, you'd, you'd fail it for political correctness, mm-hmm. but... The point was, you got to go to the edge with something stupid, and the edge today is so far out there that uh, you know it, it'd be pretty ballsy to to redo it and do it right. But you never know. There's constantly uh, you know interest, and uh, we'll see what happens.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what have you been up to since the last um, killer? Or actually, since Black Dawn, what have you been? been working on. Well, what you was know,
1: I, the last yeah the last feature I did was a was a shoot 'em up in the desert with Lorenzo Llamas. It was a lot of fun to do. And it's sort of a way it was a black comedy, but uh, it was a kick. And uh, then I got into, I started to do a lot of television and sports and entertainment. I executive produced and directed a series on DirecTV for seven years that was done in partnership with the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NBA. And that was a kick. I enjoyed that started to do, actually, believe it or not, what we call vision videos um, for the Defense Department. Instead of a big, thick book on why the Navy should spend a half billion dollars on a on some sort of system, we did a little mini-movies that just sort of showed why it would work and what difference it could make. And those were really interesting to do, and sort of from there, I got more into high tech and doing work for Google and a lot of other IT firms, um, just sort of communicating new products and services. Um, and I just find that fascinating. I, I like the buffet. I like to do a lot of different kinds of things. And uh, right now, um, my company's is actually uh, producing um, the event that's going to uh, essentially uh, celebrate and open the new National World Award. War one Memorial in Washington, DC on December 11th. So um, again, totally different. Uh, Gary Sinise has been involved in that, really you know, just a great guy. So it's been a wide range, um, and uh, I just get a kick out of storytelling. And if I can tell something that's different every time, it just keeps me going.
2: Is there something you liked better, like producing, directing, any of the other functions you've done? in? <laughs> That's a good
1: question. I'll give you my stock answer. Whatever I'm doing, I wish I was doing something else because it's easier. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, when you're writing it, it's like, ah, you know, this. I really want to get out and make the movie. Then you go mm-hmm. out and make the movie. It's like, God, another 15-hour day. And then uh, you sort of stagger into the edit bay and uh, – you know, you, you enjoy it, but you're always wishing you had a couple more takes or done something slightly different. And then the cycle starts again. I enjoy all of it, but uh, it's just one of those things. I don't know why. I'm always sort of wishing I was someplace else. So I guess maybe that keeps me going. You just miss craft services? <laughs> uh, I love craft services. I, you know, that's the best thing about Return of the Killer Tomatoes. We had a great deal with Nestle. So I just ate Nestle's crunches for Breakfast, lunch, and dinner—it was fantastic. Uh, and now, you know, I my uh, my diet on the set uh, still tends to be uh, Diet Coke and a, and a cinnamon raisin bagel. So uh, I don't know—it's it's probably not good for longevity, but it keeps me going. Um, so I, I got one good thing for you. I, I always people always ask me about you know the secret of success, and I say it's the five things. And they say, well, what are the five things? What could those be? And I say, it's really easy. It's roast beef, lettuce, tomato, Swiss cheese, and bread. Because that's what I order on the set. Exactly that, because I don't have time to think about it. The problem is half the time the order comes back wrong. Because either one thing is missing or they've added mayonnaise. And i would know, you know, always be a production assistant or an intern. And they would look at me crestfallen. And I would say, this is the secret of life: the five things. Trust but verify. When you go to the deli, open the bag, make sure there's the five things in it, and it'll help you throughout your entire life. So, if I write a book, guys, it's going to be those five things.
2: Does anyone ever like give you like extra with tomatoes just out of spite? Or
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's a good question. I'd probably I'd probably take a few extra tomatoes. Just just don't want the ranch dressing.
0: <laughs> well, I want to thank you for uh, coming on. I hope to see uh, more Attack of the Killer Tomatoes again, because as I was watching it, I got the airplane, naked gun feeling, and I think we need that right now in our world because, one, the yeah. spoof movie is dead, and I would really like it to come back.
1: Well, you know, the last thing I'll say is the cool thing about Killer Tomatoes is I have watched it with all kinds of people. And everybody laughs at it because everybody in the movie is an idiot. It's it's an equal opportunity movie. And it's just, it's good natured, but we can all have fun with it. And your point is well taken.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Thank you so much for coming on. Best product placement I've ever seen in a movie. And where can everybody find you <laughs> online?
1: Uh, you can find me, uh, my, the company is called Loma Media l-o-m-a-media.com and you'll see the range of stuff we do it's all over the board but it's a lot of fun and uh that's uh that's pretty much my online presence but i really appreciate you having me on
0: i appreciate you coming on thank you so much
2: uh, absolutely
0: justin myself everybody have a great day
2: thanks you too